0: Hey everyone, it's Reagan Sanders, and I'm so glad to get to welcome you all back to Midweek Midrash, a podcast of Auburn Wesley. If you've been with us before, you've heard me talk about the concept of Midrash, but if you haven't, um, and if you have, a refresher Midrash is an ancient practice of reflecting on scripture. So that looks like unpacking what's there and learning to read it deeply getting to look at what's between the lines and underneath the words, and how the ancient words of the Bible might continue to be a way that God speaks life to us today. So each week, we want our conversation to be a lot like that. Together, we'll be digging deeper into the conversations and teachings that we hear on Sunday nights in worship as a way of keeping the conversation going and letting it reach into every part of our lives. And we're so glad we get to have you with us. So, this past Sunday, Tony talked about the Great Commission and about the callings that God places on our lives and the ways that God meets us in those places. So, this week, I get to chat with my pal, Kevin Towers. Hello. And <laughs> about some of those same ideas and what it looks like to be called by God and how we can learn to walk alongside God in that journey rather than trying to do it all on our own. So Kevin, I want to ask you to start us off. Where have you seen God's calling in your life? What is What does that look like for you?
1: Um, So since like around high school times, I've been like feeling this call into ministry. Um, and that has changed over the years. Um, first, I was like this call to youth ministry and I've just like developed more into like a college ministry mindset, but like that is have been flow and I'm not sure that's where I want to be there, but it's just like this feeling of like being in the ministry context is just like this excitement to me. And, um, just seeing that develop over the years has been exciting. Um, and where my call of ministry is, is a call to ministry. It's not like a call from God is not necessarily that. Um, something I want to highlight.
0: Yeah. I think, um, for me growing up, my church was like kind of a mega church style. It was like always growing. We were always inviting new people. Um, there was a super focus on like bringing lots of people in and like giving your whole life to the church and everything like being, um, like basically sold out followers of Christ would be a term that we would have used. Um, So basically, I kind of grew up with this idea, whether people said these words or not, that like if you really love Jesus and are like have the gift of leadership, like you're going to go into ministry, right? Because like you care about the Lord. Um, And it was like, I don't know, it was like it made you a more impressive person if you were going to be in ministry. Um, so growing up, like the church was my life. That's everything I ever did. That's where my community was. So it was never really a question to me of like, I'm going to go do this someday. Um, and it was even like down to my value. Like if I didn't do ministry, would I even be like a worthwhile person or would I really like be someone who cares about the Lord if I'm not in professional ministry? Um, and then I had some complicated experiences in the church, and that whole thing kind of did a 360, not a 360, that puts you right back where you started. A 180 is the term I'm looking for. Um, and it was like, oh, I still love the church, I still think it's important, but I don't think I could ever see myself in ministry. Not sure that's ever going to happen, that's off the table for me. Um, and then it's just been in the last couple of years, if not like the last year, um, that like Jesus has kind of started to like soften that in me again. Um not like a super pressure filled thing like come on Reagan remember if you love me you'll do this. But like I've started to feel like this flicker of like oh wait. I might actually like this might be part of not like who I'm meant to be like this is the only way my life could ever go, but like there's passion here again and there's hope here again. Um and like, hang on, I think I still love to do this, and wait, does that mean that there's a chance that this might actually be somewhere in my future? Um, which is super new for me, and I think, I don't know, just that idea that we you brushed on a little bit of like callings change, and our ideas of what the future might look like can change. Um, and I think that, one of the most important things there, if not the most important thing, is like walking with the Lord when we think we know how things are going to play out and when we don't or when it looks like things are shifting um, and going like, okay, I think this is where I'm going to be heading. You know, like there's a Thomas Merton prayer that I can't remember the whole thing, but it's like basically I don't know where I'm going. I don't Mm. know what I'm doing. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. I feel like that's a good one to come back here um, or to come back to here. Mm -hmm. So, on Sunday, Tony talked about um, the Great Commission, which is a pretty big calling, um, and that's in Matthew 28. Um, But there's also sort of a different kind of calling in Matthew 14. So, Kevin, would you maybe like walk us through that calling and what that looked like?
1: Yeah, so this is the story of Peter walking on the water. Um, so it starts out with, like, there's this... Jesus just finished this teaching, and he sends his disciples across the sea, um, and he'll meet up with them later, and there's this huge storm happening. Um, and they're in this small boat, and, like, the waves are getting to them. and they see this figure out in the water, and they think it's, like, a ghost or something. Um, but Peter thinks it's Jesus, and he calls out and says, if it's you, like... Call me to you, and Jesus does, and he gets out of the boat and starts walking towards him on the water. Um, and he gets—he's like he's, hes walking towards him, and he gets distracted by the large waves, uh, and he begins to sink. And Peter or Peter reaches out, and Jesus pulls him back up, and asks, "Why did you doubt me?" And they both walk back to the boat and, like, finish the journey. Yeah. See.
0: Which I think. I don't know, like the idea of which because Jesus didn't just call Peter out on the water out of nowhere, which is really interesting. It's, I think it's fascinating that Peter asked Jesus first, um, which Tony and I talked a little bit the other day about this idea of like when there's a rabbi or a teacher, their students or their disciples like are meant to be with them. So this idea of Peter going like, okay if you're my teacher, if you're my rabbi, like if that's really you, then with you is where I'm supposed to be. Um, Mm -hmm. So like if this is you, I am meant to be with you wherever you are. And tonight that happens to be on a bunch of water. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think it's really important here, like to think about how we hear Jesus's voice in this story. Um, Because I, I don't know. I think at least for me, a lot of the times I tend to hear Jesus's voice in the same way that like my voice in my head works or like I think Jesus is talking to me the way that I would talk to myself. So when Jesus says like, why did you doubt? I hear that often as like, come on, idiot. Why would you like slip up? How could you screw this up so bad? Um, Which doesn't say good things about how I talk to myself. Um, We're working on that. But I think it's important to at least like consider that and to question that and to think about like, okay, I guess it's possible that Jesus was being that mean to Peter, but that doesn't seem like the character of Jesus. Um, And to go like, what if we heard that question as something more along the lines of Jesus saying like, why did you doubt that you could walk with me? Why did you doubt Why did you doubt or question that this was something that was possible for you or that this was something that was meant for you? Because um, I think a lot of the time we keep coming back to the question in our lives of like, can I do this? Is this something that I can handle? Am I good enough for this? Am I good enough to do this? Am I really someone who could be called to something like this? And that, you know, Jesus... In a lot of these places, like if God is calling us somewhere, then God has already declared that this is a place for us and that this is a place that we're meant to be walking alongside God. Um, Jesus sees in us things that we don't see and, like, has already determined, like, Jesus tells us our worth. Um, and has already decided that, like, you know, Jesus saying on the cross, like, it is finished. I think the question of our worth is also finished, and that means that when God calls us somewhere, God isn't, like, standing back with arms crossed and, like, foot tapping, going, like, I wonder if if they're going to be able to handle this. Like, there is no question of whether we can handle it because, like, God has already handled that. So I think the idea of, like, it doesn't have to be a question of my own strength or my own capacity or whether I can handle things anymore because Jesus is now my strength and mm-hmm. Jesus isn't wondering like can Reagan be a disciple or can Kevin be a disciple can can they walk with me Like, Jesus has called that and in that calling answered the question for us mm-hmm. so I think also the idea of like callings being as not just something that take place for god or things that we do with or things that we do like to impress god because i don't think they're meant to be that but something that takes place like walking with god and alongside god um so what do you think that like how do you think that's different from the ways that we often think of like i have to go do this thing for god or i have to like what does it look like to walk with god instead of walking for God or doing things for God.
1: Yeah, I just see it as like this: um, you're offering yourself to just like help in what God's already trying to work with in the world. It's um, like compared to what God is capable of, you don't, you can't really <laughs> help that much with that. Um, so, like with like this relationship with God and this call, like it's. It's like you listening to what, where God wants you to be, and that's not necessarily like one specific place, but just like as you develop this relationship, you learn to hear God more and, um, and more in tune with what where he's working in the world um, and how you can jump in on that. And there's like, I mean, God's working all over the world. Uh, so there's tons of places that you can be called into. Uh, and it's not like this. I always hesitate with, like, using this word call because it's this strong implication of, like, you hear this voice and it's like, oh, you're going to go be (laughs) a doctor. Um, But it's not like a, like, it's this feeling of, like, oh, these are places where I can see God's work happening and also where I can find joy in that. Um, Because, like, a call is not necessarily, Like, you are working with God in this, but it's also, like, God wants joy in your life, too. Um, So you don't want to be in this place of, like, well, this is what God wants me to do, but I'm really sad. (laughs) Um,
0: I definitely had the idea growing up of, like, I think because of, like... People talking about, like, sometimes God will call you or, like, ask you to do things that scare you or, like, break you out of your comfort zone or, like, things that you wouldn't have done on your own. I got that turned around into, like, if I am scared of something or if I don't want to do something, that means God wants me to do it. Yeah. It's not great. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's like this feeling of, like, well, I hope God doesn't call me into this. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And I don't
1: think that's a good place to be in like trying to figure that out.
0: No. And I think it's an unhealthy view of God because it sets God up as this like I don't know malevolent being who's like, "Ooh, Reagan's afraid of spiders. I'm going to make her a spider keeper at the mm-hmm. zoo just to mm-hmm. screw with her." Which so, you know, that's I don't think that's the God of the Bible. I think that's the God mm-hmm. of a like mixed up imagination and like fear you know i think the idea that you talked about of like the things that god has in our lives being like things that are for our joy or for our good like that's not one that i was super used to like the idea that god might want things for me that would bring me life um that's been a pretty new one um, during my time at college. And I think that really speaks to like, how do we look at God and how do we understand God and how do we understand what, what God wants for us? Because I think it was like the summer mm-hmm. after my freshman year, I was having to make a really difficult decision that really scared me. Um, it was whether or not to transfer out of engineering, if you guys are curious. Um, what a time. That took me a very long time to decide. Um, Because I had this idea of, like, what if there's this one specific path that God has for my life, and what if I screw it up, or, like, I was supposed to hear this one thing from God, but I misheard it, so I went the wrong way, and then I screw everything up, and my whole life is ruined because I didn't listen perfectly. Um, And I remember having this conversation with God on a beach um, where I basically was crying out like what do you want from me like I'm gonna try to do it I promise I swear I just what do you want um and God kind of rewriting that whole question um and saying something along the lines of like Reagan I want things for you I have everything for you so that the question of my life is not like Because I do get to pour out my life for God, but that is part of God's gift to me. And God going like, I don't need you to save the world, like you were saying, Kevin. There's like a verse, I can't remember where it is, that says something along the lines of like, if we are perfect, what is that to him? Um, God is whole. God has everything God needs. God isn't like waiting for me to fulfill his needs, but God going like, anything that I have in your life, any. Any calling that I have for you, any place that I invite you to go, that is something that I have for you, not something Mm -hmm. that I'm asking you to, like, fulfill for me.
1: Yeah, which is, like, uh, keeping in mind with, like I mentioned earlier, the, uh, like, participating in this work that God's doing in the world and, like, bringing the kingdom here um, and just, like, remembering that you are part, like, you are doing that work, um, but you're also, like, part of that work. Which is like bringing that heaven into your life, uh, which is like you do not have to make your life more negative in order to put everyone else's to bring everyone else's up like God's work is also for you,
0: yeah I remember my mom saying at some point when I was a kid like... Jesus's or God's best for someone else also means that that thing is good for you. Not like if it is best for this person to get a chocolate chip cookie, you will also get a chocolate chip cookie. But that like, right? Yeah. <laughs> if, like, if there are two people set up, like, in competition for a job, and one person gets the job, then like, that doesn't mean that they got all the good that God had and that you didn't. Like, that we can rest in the knowledge of, like, God is bringing good here even if I don't see it. So I don't have to worry that, like, someone else is getting, like, the best plan for their life and, like, the thing that God wanted for them and I just got, like, brushed off to the side. Um, Which, you know, it's a very, like, it's a very old idea that most of us are familiar with of, like, god knows what is best for me and god has my good at heart um Mm. but i think a lot of the times we think of that in like a god knows what's best for me so i've got to work really hard to figure it out and make sure i do it but i think it is more helpful a lot of the time to look at it as going like god is trustworthy um because god is someone who cares for me um who sees more than i do and wants good for me not just like wants me to be good but like wants my joy and my life and my thriving and my flourishing so i think i don't know there's still the question of like what do you do when like you talked about this idea of what you're gonna do someday has shifted so it's like is it you know is it student ministry is it college ministry is it like some other form of this, how do you like rest in that or rest in the idea that like, I don't know, that God will be with you in those things even if a calling or like an idea for the future starts to look different. Cause I know for me that can be like a, okay, if this seems like it's shifting, if I feel like I'm being led somewhere else now or if something else is feeling right to me, Does that mean that I misheard it the first time and I've been going the wrong way all this time? Like how do you walk with God and rest with God, um, in situations like that, Kevin?
1: It's just like a, a weirdness of like that uncertainty is, it does feel strange, but like a lot of the times in my life that like, especially with the shifts, like I talked about like youth and college and like there's a ton of other things that I've thought about, um, those are the times where, like, where I'm, I've got no idea where I'll end up, like, especially, like, I've been applying to seminaries, like, this week, and I've been thinking about, like, where I'll be, and, like, have those thoughts of, like, do I even, should I be even going to seminary? Um, But those are the times where it's, like, the most feeling of, I don't know where exactly I'll be, but I'm doing this work with God, and, like, that's where I'm most excited with it. Like, so the the periods in my life where I've been the most uncertain and specifically what I'm going to do are the times where it's been like, but I know like I will be working like for God and with God. And like, that's exciting. And like a lot of those uncertainties have not necessarily, some of them have been because like, I've realized like, I don't know if like this thing is for me. It's also like, just as you grow as a person, like you develop different strengths and like interests. And like this shift away from like youth ministry for me was not necessarily like, well, now like, oh, I'm not gonna be in youth ministry. Like, what do I do to like hate youth now? <laughs> Which is not true, but it's just like this experience of, I started out with like some of my most formational experiences in the church have been in this youth ministry. Yeah. Most, most of my experience has been in that. And as I've seen more things, I've been less sure of youth, but more sure of ministry. Yeah. Um, That's really nice. So it's like this, like these times of uncertainty have been like, they are scary. Like, especially with like a, like you go through seasons of like being more connected with God and less connected with God. And that's definitely weird with like a, but I am going into ministry. Um, So it's, like, these times where I feel distant from God, does that mean, like, I shouldn't be going into ministry? And, like, that's not the case. Um, And it's just, like, this weird wrestling, but it's, like, coming out of that is, like, this excitement of, like, getting getting to work with God and, like, because he can achieve way more than I can and like being a part of that work is so cool
0: yeah I think basically what you were saying like that idea of like not knowing exactly what it is going to look like but being willing to walk with God even in that uncertainty and being willing to follow and to move forward and to keep walking even when it's like i don't know exactly where this is going to end up or what this is going to look like i think is essentially what faith is and i think it can feel a lot more comfortable when we're like ah yes i'm going to do this exact thing and it's going to be great and i know that it's exactly what god has for me and it's perfect like that feels really good and that feeling good we're like surely this is faith right because we're like feels great Um, But I think the faith that challenges us the most and that maybe in that challenge draws us closer to the heart of God is the faith where we're really going like, I don't know for sure if I'm getting this right. I don't even know what getting this right would look like or if that's even a thing in this scenario. But I am willing to move forward and I am willing to walk with God and I am willing to believe that whatever it looks like God is leading me and wherever I end up God will be with me um I think that's a huge part of what faith is and I think when we can view our callings and even just our journeys in faith as walks with God um, rather than like walks that we do just for God or like journeys that mm-hmm. we take trying to get closer to God because we do get closer to God but I think our faith journey is also just learning to walk alongside um, God and to let God be with us.
1: Yeah. And that's like a strange thing with like, especially most of the time with a call shift, not all the time, but a lot it's like where you're feeling this uncertainty is because you're in this, like something bad has happened a lot of the time. Like you, whether you, this opportunity you've missed out on or you're just like questioning whether this is right for you or you've had this loss um, and that like, in this low period is the hardest time to like keep going with it, but it's also where like this shift happens. Um, And a lot of the time, like coming out of that, you have like this new sense of like purpose. Um, But it's weird to like, you do get these like set, like, oh, I'm gonna be in this. Um, And like, this is all I'm gonna do. And like, if you were to like, tell high school me that I was going to be in this point right now, like that would be scary to me. But like, it's like remembering that where you end up, you're not like, you won't, you can't see where that'll be. Um, And it's just like this, this journey that moves and like each step of the way, like can change that course. Um, so it's hard to like look at like oh when i my call in the world looks like this well it's like well you don't know what's going to happen in your life yeah in that to like get you there so it's just like that's a little more helpful to me at least to like well what is the next step towards that
0: yeah because we can't we're never going to be able to plan out the whole path and to know exactly where everything's going to go but like one step at a time is a pretty decent way to do things and I think that that actually calls us to more faith and to more trust and to more reliance on the Lord than trying to get it all figured out on our own and I think is also a much more restful way of living and being because if I'm trying to plan out my whole life and I'm trying to make sure it goes okay I'm gonna be exhausted and I probably will not do very well. But yeah, I think so much of this is learning to lay down the things that I want to carry or the things that I want to be able to do perfectly and to recognize that like God is trustworthy with these things. God is trustworthy with my life. God is bigger than the decisions that I make and the missteps that I might make. And what I get to do is try to listen And do my best to walk alongside and remember that in the end, like, God is the one who is sovereign. And God is the one who is carrying me and walking alongside me and leading me. And I can rest in that. So thank you so much, Kevin, for sharing some of your story and some of what this has looked like in your life. Um, It's been really great to talk to you. Yeah. You're the best. Um, Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you all next week i hope you all are doing great and i hope you all have a great week